life is a mystery. Everyone must stand alone. I hear you call my name, and it feels like home. This is not just another fitness podcast. Why? I touch on subjects that not only have I experienced, but most likely you or a person you know has probably experienced it as well. I created the Me Movement on the mic to provide you with relatable content and information on areas of movement, mindset, and health. I'm on a mission to help you filter through life, to help you break free of the fitness stereotypes and embrace you while still enjoying a gelato or two. So join me, Sally, and let's get this episode started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Me Movement on the Mic. Today's podcast, um, I have to say, I told someone about um, the heading of the podcast and I could see their face starting to change. They cringed just a little bit. And then I was like, right, I think I'm on to the right subject. So today's episode is called Lourdes Leon, Hairy Armpits and How to Love the Skin You're In Today. Now, this prompted me, the heading prompted me because there was a, the Met Gala recently and basically it's an event where fashion designers they they showcase their you know their um clothing and not no star can go there um unless they pay for a ticket it's like 15 grand but i don't know if you saw kim kardashian wore this outfit that looked like she was dominatrix i covered her head face in black basically um, wore something that um, a lot of Middle Eastern women in wear in parts of um, the Middle East. Like it's called um, the abeye. Um, I forgot what it's called in English. Um, burqa. Yeah, that's the one. It's like a burqa. Basically, she wore it, but it was a bit tight. Anyway, long story short, the Met Gala was on and I saw Lourdes Leon. If you don't know who she is, she is Madonna's daughter. Um, so that way I thought the first part of the podcast would be appropriate because, you know, that's, that's a Madonna song. Um, so she basically went to the Met Gala and photos were taking, taken and she lifts up her arm and there was, she had armpit hair. <laughs> um, I think everybody knows like, like she's Madonna's daughter. She's a big, she's going to be, she's grown up into that you know, um, pushing the social norms of that time. Uh, her mother was very, very um, forward-thinking and a bit controversial for some people. I mean, Madonna did a sex tape, like uh, not sex tape. Did she do? She did a sex. She did a sex tape, but not the traditional sex tape. She did a tape, tape that shows my age. She did like a a sex tape or video and back in the day and she put like an album to it. Correct me if I'm wrong. She 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 basically she's much more she's she's like a, a trailblazer basically before Kim Kardashian. Okay? So lift her arm up, hairy armpits, everyone's shocked. And I just wanted to, you know, have a chat about my experiences um and like 
I didn't realize how in-depth this topic was. Like I had to do some research um, into like social norms. It runs deep. It runs so deep. So basically, look, for, for five to ten years ago, honestly, I would have died, died at the sight of hairy armpits, especially for women. I know it's bad to say for some of you out there who, you know, um, are more educated in in sociology more than me and understand that plight of women, but you got to understand how I grew up. Honestly, I would have been dead on the spot if I saw someone lift their arm up uh, with hairy armpits. Um, so you're just going to say, Sally, like who cares? It's just hair. But look, listen, let me take you back, okay? Growing up in a Middle Eastern family and going to a school, which was Let's, I'll be honest with you. Um, I grew up like in Roselands and I went to a punch bowl school. There was Arabs, Asians and Aussies. Like I think there was like probably less Asians, Vietnamese, but more Aussies and then like a sprinkle of Arabs back then. Um, hey, look, Asians had no hair. Okay. I had all Asians first. They had no hair until they were 30. Honestly, Aussies had blonde hair. I'm painting the picture for you here. No disrespect. Aussies had blonde hair. So even if they were hairy, you couldn't even see it. So there was the odd Arab that was <laughs> blonde-ish. So they were lucky. They were like, whew, don't need to worry about that. Then there are Arabs. And if you're Italian, if you're Greek, uh, I think you can kind of relate. But the Arabs, we are born with a monobrow. <laughs> like from the get-go. I was, I mean, I've got a little bit of furry happening now during COVID, but I was one of the lucky ones. Um, we were like below average on the facial hair and um, hairy leg area of the Arab spectrum. So you can think of a spectrum here. Um, we've got the really, really hairy ones, the poor ones where it's just like, even if you're waxed, they're still going to be there. And then you've got the ones um, a little bit hairy. We were under that. So I was like, I dodged that bullet. I was so grateful to dodge that bullet. So at a young age... Um, I saw my mum and my sisters, they spent hours ridding themselves of whatever ancestral hair they had to ozify them or just take the hair off because that's what it was. That's what I grew up at. Um, and, you know, every time we went to someone's house or, you know, there was there were every, every female was cleaned, manicured, eyebrowed, no moustache, nothing like that, no hair. It was taken off. The men, on the other hand, I had uncle, I had uncles who had hair on their shoulders. I never understood that. I'm like, how do you have hair on your shoulders? How can you swim in the pool and the hair is keeping you afloat? Like I was, I was like, I was disgusted by it. Let me, let me be honest with you. I had it hair from a young age and it wasn't from my hair. <laughs> from the men I was also lucky that my it wasn't nothing to do with my brothers and dad they weren't they weren't hairy at all but it was just the hair around me grossed me out so um yes that that was my experience so of course when the time came for Sally to be initiated in the hair removal process razors were banned razors were banned they were condemned I swear, it's like, have you ever thought, I was like, that's what Aussies did, we don't, we don't do that, 
Okay, that doesn't work for us. I don't understand why. I never understood why that was such a bad thing. Um, so raisins were condemned like carnivores coming to a vegan retreat. Like, oh, every like family was absolutely disgusted by any men used raisins, raisins on their face. That's it. They were banned, and it was um. So we had to resort to the homemade wax. Yeah, the homemade wax. It was basically sugar, sugar syrup, sugar, water. Actually, it wasn't even water. I just remember my mum doing it on the stove. It was lots of sugar and it was on a stove heated until it was like this thick, like viscous thing. And let me tell you, it tasted delicious. But when you put that stuff on your leg, it was the most painful experience of my life. It was basically liquid steel that would attach to your legs. It would press down through the grip of my mother, who was like, made me put my leg on the uh, bathtub to get into the right angle. And my soul was ripped away from me, including the dead skin. Hey! <laughs> Including the hair and the dead skin. Sometimes I wouldn't get the hair. The positives was, the the positives were, you wouldn't have to do it to the to the hair grew back, so you had time. It's like phew, I get to recover. Oh my goodness, it was just the ordeal. You got an exfoliation. You had the softest skin in all class. Okay, and um, yeah, that was basically it. And maybe you got before, obviously, before we got the wax, you got to taste the sugar. And I was like, yay, that tastes mad. The negatives were, it was ridiculously painful. And if you were like me, I bruised so bad. I was whiter than your average Arab. And I bruised so bad. Um, I looked like a spotted giraffes, a spotted. But I don't know why. I just looked like something, a really bad spotted giraffe, okay? I'm surprised that, you know, docs weren't called back then with the amount of bruising I had on my legs. I'm serious. Like somebody out there was not paying attention and doing their job. Hello? I don't know what they call now. Facts, family and community services, whoever you are, you weren't doing your job back then. So, where did this need to have no hair for a female come from? Why do we do it? Or why do we unconsciously judge those who choose to be, let's call it El Natural? Well, let's, let's go back in time, all right? The earliest recording of hair removal, do you know when it was? I have to give it to the ancient Egyptians. They were just so forward thinking for everything, okay? The shaving of hair was the norm in ancient Egypt and they didn't discriminate. They were the first Arabs that didn't want to discriminate. I'm loving them. For men and women, um, they shaved their hair, they shaved everything and they wore wigs. Um, and I think that was like a caste it was like a social system. Like you had less hair, you were higher up in the social structure. Uh, the earliest recordings of body hair removal was also from the Orient. Um, I read somewhere that they were mixing sugar because they didn't have obviously all the things that we had this day. But they used to mix things like arsenic, quicklime, starch, water into a paste-like, paste-like thing and take it off. 
So that was a bit intense. Nobody liked arsenic. So back then it was 50-50. Hey, that's great. Threading began in Turkey. I love threading, but I haven't been able to do it now. So that's why I got fairy eyebrows, if you want to visualize that. Things like um, shaving in ancient Greece and Rome. Again, it's all about status. Uh, The less body hair. Like if you see the big, like I went to Rome and we went to um, an art gallery, the big art gallery there, losing my thoughts. Um, And and a lot of the statues, they're like nobody, there wasn't any hair on them. And that could go back to the whole, the body, the more body hair you had, the less of your status in society you would be. So people went to great efforts in order to remove all hair outside of the hair on their head. So why did people start removing, you know, like things like, like pubic hair? Like where did that even come from? Um, I read somewhere that, they were removing uh, body hair. It helped starve off. Th- this is a bit, little, little bit gross, but I'm going to be real with you. Removing um, helped starve off infestations like lice and other parasites, especially for those living in close quarters who had limited access to bathing. Um, hair traps perspiration. also becomes a breeding ground for bacteria and odor. For these reasons, by the early 1900s, people were clean-shaven had become associated with basic hygiene. So that's the other thing. Hygiene was a big thing. Um, marketing definitely paid a big part in it. American beauty standards and practices of women were also affected by the razor. Um, you know, Gillette came out. And was like, hey, girls, you better start shaving because this is a great product. That was in the 1950s. But I wanted to go a little bit further back. I forgot to mention that um, in, um, you know, Stone Stone Age times, they used to get rid of hair because um, of safety, believe it or not, safety. So if you had long hair and you were in battle, They'd pull your hair and you're gone. So they'd shave the hair off. They'd also shave hair off because it would uh, stop frostbite because it would just hold on to water. So, so many different angles and reasons why hair was removed. So, why? Why don't men now? Why don't they shave their armpits and their leg hair? And women have to, according to society. Now we're getting a little bit serious. Like, I know you're going to say, oh, yeah, I know a guy and he cleans and trims. No, I'm talking about shave. Like, why do women have to shave um, and men don't? Like, I mean, I know it's personal preference, but I guarantee you, you know, you're, if my female friends or my male um, listeners out there, you ask someone what they think of a woman who has a full head, full head, full pit of underarm hair and nine times out of ten that person's going to say, I don't like it. And why is that? Well, I did some research and there was a study called Perilous Patches and Pit Stashes Imagined Versus Lived Experience of Women's Body Hair Growth. Like someone did an actual study in the, about this. So there was a lady, her name is Brianne Fars. She did a study with two groups, right? In the first of the two groups, she asked a diverse 
community sample of women between the ages of 59 to assess their impressions of women who grew body hair and to imagine their own and others' reaction. It was basically hypothetical. Okay, so they didn't actually grow it. The second study utilized uh, response papers from 62 women from diverse backgrounds um, who grew their body hair for an assignment. So one group was like, imagine, imagine you're going to be growing your hair. And the other group actually had to grow their hair for an assignment. What are the results? The results showed an overwhelming negativity towards the women growing body hair in both studies but they differed in perception of social control and individual agency. Study one, imagined. Study two, they had to do it. And they're basically, like the study one, they were like, oh, whatever, you know, it's fine. They did, um, they really acknowledged the social pressure placed upon them. Um, And, um, even um, they were disgusted by other women's body hair. That's the that's the people who imagined it. Uh, study two, they they discussed the social pressures and norms, and they and they reported uh, a constellation of difficulties. So there was different difficulties, including homophobia, family and partner anger, and internalized disgust and dirtiness. So they actually experienced all that. How amazing and how sad is that? Like, just because they grew hair, they experienced, like, anger from their partners and disgust and people thought they were gay, like, just because they grew underarm hair. It clearly highlights the, the invisibility of sexism directed toward those, you know, and it's to maintain that the female body and the compulsion to to shave in other words um it's just insane like you know she's she's got here it's an example of how women have internalized patriarchal ideas of femininity and i just want you to stop and think about that who's created these ideals of femininity who says that a woman is not women aren't feminine if they don't shave their armpits women aren't feminine if they don't do a Brazilian. I'm not a big fan of here, but it, mine is on both spectrums. It's not just one side. So why women and not men? Well, you know, I, I didn't realize this is going to be such a difficult and in-depth question. And I realized that it's ingrained into sociology. And there's a paper that I found written in 1987 by a British anthropologist, her name is Mary, Dame Mary Douglas, and she's known for her writings in human culture, symbolism, and sociology. And she did raise the question about the body's body's constraints, the social constraint, the way the physical body is perceived. And she basically says the physical experience of the body sustains a particular view of society. What does society think of the body? Hair is a physiological phenomenon, but it's also a social one, a symbol of the self and of group identity, an important mode of self-expression and communication. And it definitely, it's definitely the society. Like, where do you fit in? How do you fit into this? And is it, like, think about it. Is it such a big deal? And where did it come from? in your own personal experiences. 
think about it. Where did it come from? You know, did it come from like me when I was young and I, I watched my family go through the steps of hair removal and the guys, can they can do whatever they want. They can grow their hair. Who says that? Who put that into the law of society? Was it humans? Clearly, we've missed the mark in some way. And we've gone from, you know, like the ancient Egyptians where it was like as a, uh, as a, as a you know, patriarchal um, societies, you know, level um, to your dirty. So you got to shave your armpits and you feel dirty for someone else who has hairy armpits if it's a female. So you got to ask that question to yourself. And it brings me to the next one. How do you feel comfortable in your own skin? Like, do you have it in you to go, oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother with that? Like, when do you get to a certain time where appearance um you're comfortable with your own appearance? Uh it's a tough question. And I guess I can only answer it with the experiences and the little research that that I've done. But I love this next saying that I found. Confidence is not something that can be learned. Like a set of rules, confidence is a state of mind. Confidence is a state of mind. How cool is that little quote, confidence is a state of mind. And here are some amazing tips that I found. Um, They actually found it from the University of uh, Brisbane website. And it talks about how to be confident in your own skin. Um, And the first step is practice self-acceptance, you know, becoming more accepting of yourself. Like, you know, I'm going to have more mustache hair than a blonde person. People can see it. Or I've going to, my eyebrows grow quicker than anyone else because that's just the way it is. But that's my self-acceptance. I could I gotta acknowledge that and be okay with myself and you know other people regarding uh, regardless of the situation, you know so self-acceptance um, is the big thing, you know. The next one is get to know yourself. Take notice of experiences or thoughts that inc- increase or decrease your self-confidence or self-esteem. You got to identify your strengths, your abilities and achievements and be honest with uh, including being you're proud of it no matter how small. Think about what you'd like to change or improve about yourself and how you can do that. So that's a big thing. Pro- reprogram your thinking, pay attention. Pay attention and be more kind and generous to yourself. Four. Be more assertive. It's okay to say no. And don't feel guilty about asking others for what you want. A lot of our times, like I've learned that I have a tendency to be a bit of a pleaser. I I, I don't know why, uh, but it's okay to say no. It's okay. Number five, make changes in your life. You may decide you want to make changes in your life and improve your self-esteem and, and confidence. Like you actually have to do, you have to do some work on yourself. You can't just let things go by and go, oh, why am I like that? You actually have to do the work, okay? Surround yourself with positive influences. Let's be honest, social media can be great, but if you're a bit sensitive to that, even if you're not, you're going to be absorbing all that stuff. So again, my big thing is cut it off at a certain time. Like don't 
don't take it like it's gospel. Like I found an app. No, I didn't find the app. The app found me when I was flicking through TikTok and it was like, impress your friends. And it's like a whole editing system. It edits your image. It edits your image. Like, come on now. Like, stop. We need to know that this is fake. Social media, you you edit it to the cows come home, okay? And you put up this image that it's so fake um it's and it you know it's true it's like everybody wants the likes um then that's not healthy so surround yourself with positive influences and and you know it could be a, so close uh, that it's your family or your partner or someone who gives it to you for real reward yourself is the next one practice self-esteem make time to treat yourself i love this treat yourself even if it's on your own sitting down having a nice cup of coffee we can't do it at a cafe but we can do it at home have a little time out for yourself and share with others if you can tell a friend tell people have a chat because you don't know who you might help you don't know your worth and you don't know who you might help I hope this makes sense. I hope this helped you. I hope this hurt your brain just a little bit. Flip the script on <laughs> um, armpit hair and females and know that you don't have to be bound to the social structures, okay? You have to be confident within yourself, comfortable in your skin. And when you do that, I mean, it's an ongoing battle. I get it because sometimes I look in the mirror, I'm like, ow. somebody's looking a bit tired today but it's okay and you're gonna have days like that that you gotta go back to the hey what am I grateful for and you know what I'm gonna reward myself today and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna reprogram my thinking when when you have a little bad thought in your head just go hey what are you saying is this constructive is this gonna help me no it's not so see you later mate see you later I hope you enjoyed today's uh, podcast. Share it with someone uh, if you think it helped. And um, have a lovely day and I shall see you soon. Thank you for listening to my episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it will be greatly appreciated if you have a spare 60 seconds to put a review on this podcast. It would mean so much, especially to a small business. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I'll see you soon. Bye.